welcome back to another week of our weekly podcast. We are still in the series Better Together. We've got a couple more weeks left. Um, Paul, do you want to go ahead and give us just a, another quick overview of where we're at, where we're going with this series? Well, the, the series was born out of um, conversations with the staff that, that we really, we truly believe. We're not just working here just to work here. We, we believe the church makes life better and we think we're better together. And we, we believe that the, the community of the church is, uh, reflects God's nature, which is a nature of inclusion and expanding uh, to other people. And so the church is meant to be this ever-expanding, ever-deepening community where, where we're growing more intimate with each other. And, in the, and at the same time, others are uh, being made apart. All right. And so Sunday, he uses this really fun word, koinonia. Um, Josh, do you want to yes. break that down for us? What, yeah, what were we talking about? There's a K and a no, um, <laughs> Spell it for us. Eyes closed. Point, no, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> that's too vulnerable. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so koinonia, um, basically a, a fancy word, but but essentially talking about fellowship um, and, and just simply being together. Um, and so we'll get into the scripture a little bit in a few minutes, but uh, basically around the Acts 2, kind of the idea of what the disciples were doing, what the early church was doing, and they were together. But, but specifically kind of where we went here, because we've been talking about being together this whole time, but, but more specifically uh, in, in kind of a core of koinonia is being together uh, with a shared purpose. Um, not just by happenstance, everybody's together, but, but together with a shared purpose. And so then kind of talking, you know, what is that purpose? What, what is it that binds us together? What does it look like? What are the things that we value? Um, and, and, and yeah, koinonia, one right. word. So I know we all have, have grown up in churches. We've had lots of different experiences, probably with different church <clears throat> communities. Um, but I think that that idea of it being a community is probably pretty, um, pretty accurate for, for what we've experienced. And I know not everyone in our congregation comes from that. This is maybe their first experience in a church community. Um, but it is, it is interesting. The longer you spend, the more they really, you just kind of all, do you start to feel like family? I remember as a kid, I went to a church that was probably maybe a little more charismatic in nature. And in some ways, like they didn't have a, like a schedule for Sundays. And so I remember we'd be down in the kids department and they would send runners. Like they would send us kids just be like, Hey, can you just check and see where does he sound like he's at? Have they sung the song for the 12th time? Are we up to 15? And so I remember there just being those times where like, we'd get through our lesson and we'd have fun downstairs. And then we just kind of have this unstructured time where we would just kind of take turns going up and and there's times when church was out at noon there's times when church was out at one and I just remember though like you didn't hate being there it was just like okay we got 15 more minutes we're just gonna and like that's just how it felt like it just felt like a comfortable place to be um what are maybe some of your like favorite memories or fond memories from church it's gotta be your caravan teacher I mean yeah definitely my third grade (laughs) caravan class um (laughs) I think the badge that we earned was Uno, Uno. and Pretzel Rods. Pretzel Rods. Yeah. You know the Pretzel Rods. <laughs> I do. Pretzel Rods and Uno. For you, if you're not connecting the dots, Paul was my was my caravan teacher uh, in third grade. Um, man, so like when you, Paul, when you're preaching and just talking about the memories of church and like I, that's just something I resonate with because like that's just where I was um, in high school. That's my friends, like that's all that I hung out with was, uh, was my youth group friends. And, uh, so there's just so many, uh, probably, probably favorite memories. So this is when we still had Sunday night services. And I think, I don't remember it. I kind of feel like it was once a month that we had potlucks. Um, and so, 
myself and my brother and, and our friend, we would we would volunteer every single time to set up the tables and chairs for the potluck dinners. Now, it may or may not have had something to do with because then I didn't have to sit through service on yeah. Sunday night. But uh, <laughs> but we all you know, and we would just go as slow as possible because we didn't want to go back into service. Um, but man, just so many memories. Um, Good ones um, and, and and things that I like Beck and I and I, I struggle with, but man, like I truly believe that I am a better person. Just like you said, I, I am a better person because of the the influence of the church. It's all it's all relationships. I mean, the oh, things yeah. that come back. I mean, I, I can remember services that were pretty cool, mm. mm-hmm. uh, and, but the mm-hmm. most impactful things was the relationships. Oh, yeah. You know, and you, you know, Definitely. just talking about your, your uncle Bob. I mean, just that he he was my first Sunday school teacher uh, at uh, at Tri-County and really is Terry and I's first Sunday school teacher mm-hmm. as a married couple yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you know I can just remember the influence that that Bob and Crystal and, and at the time Bob and Crystal was going through all that stuff with Austin oh yeah mm-hmm. you know where they didn't For think sure. Austin was going to make it and yeah. you know just what they had to deal with yeah. with that and they were such a good influence and yeah. uh, um, yes yeah, it's, it's always the people you go back to the people no and uh, no you know I remember a lot of services but I also remember a lot of all roses <laughs> a lot of freshness uh, <laughs> it was like me and, and my, our youth group friends like it was literally every Sunday night and Wednesday night that we went to Frisch's afterwards yeah and now I'm like where did I get all that money to do that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, I felt like I was kind of a transplant here because I came here right after high school. So I kind of was just out of like the youth group and kind of just in that in between. And I remember that, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I truly felt like I knew people here. I had community here until some of like the college kids would come home on break. And all of a sudden I'm like, we ended up at Burger King like every other night. And just this like, okay, yeah, like this was the church, but it wasn't happening at church. Mm. And I think that really started to shape for me this idea of like, it's not the building It really is the people. And who you spend yeah. time with shapes who you become. And so I can yeah, very much say, like, I'm who I am today because of relationships and community that I found in yeah. church. Yeah. And the problem is, I mean, this for, for pastors, the easiest thing, I'm just going to be real open with this, the easiest things for us to um, coordinate and plan is services. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. Not for sure. The, the connections, but but I truly believe that the services are important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're they're um, they're empty without the relationships, yeah. or they're not yeah, as full right. as they need to be. And and you know we can't always plan that. We try. You know the collectives are an attempt yeah. just mm-hmm. to connect people, so that some of these um, just natural. Uh, maybe supernatural yeah. connections will occur and, and God will move in the midst of, of those those relationships. Yeah, it's almost like these are just kind of those gateway, those, those connection points, but yeah, the other relationship is going to come maybe outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, do you want to go ahead and read from Acts, the passage from Sunday? Yep, yep. So uh, this is Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. 
and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. All right, so this is kind of a blueprint, I guess, of what, what church looked like here at the beginning, these, these early gatherings. Um, as I read through here, I'm sure there are some things that we're like, oh, that sounds really great, and we'd love to kind of recreate that. And there's probably other things that we think, hmm, that kind of doesn't fit with my idea of what, what I want. I kind of feel like that rich young ruler, like, oh, that would make, it kind of makes me sad if this is what this is because I haven't done that. Um, what kind of stands out in this passage to you guys? The lack of program. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's very organic, as yeah, they right. would say in the church yeah, world. Right. <laughs> I like how teaching and fellowship are in like the same thing. I can literally see them like as a group talking and being like, hey, Peter, what, what do you think about yeah. this? Like almost yeah. just that. Like right. it wasn't just always, yeah, sitting and, and yeah, it wasn't. taking in. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, here's Peter's programmed 25 minutes of sermon <laughs> right. time and then fellowship. Yeah, That, that is, I, and I never caught that. So there's the teaching and the fellowship and also the breaking of bread and a prayer. So that's the worship and prayer. Worship mm -hmm. and prayer, fellowship and discipleship. Those things work together. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like that. Um, this is in, in verse 44, the, the all things in common, had all things in common. Um, I don't know. It's just a, that's kind of, that's kind of fascinating to me. And, and perhaps I should have done a bit of a word study before, uh, <laughs> before jumping on here. Um, because we, we've said before um, that the goal isn't that everyone thinks alike. Um, and so, but then there's this all things in common. And so I'm like, I'm just thinking through the implications of that. Like when they say all things in common, like what, what was <laughs> did they all think alike did they all you know does that make sense what I'm well i'm thinking yeah. i i think that's combined take the five out the 45 out and it's a continuing phrase i think they're talking about property and possessions as opposed to opinions common things okay sure. yeah, um, that makes sense you know which was you know it's a different society you know there's people that want to uh, this is communism socialism whatever mm -hmm. uh I don't think that's what's going on here. I, I think it's an attitude that if they saw somebody in need, that they thought that that was not just their need, it was our need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's how I always have taken that. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, this is interesting, you know, what, what, how, how comprehensive is this ideal of yeah. holding all things in common? Yeah. Yeah, well, to 46 continues, and I mean, there's idea of being of one mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think there is that thing of like, well, we aren't, we don't all have the same personality. We don't all have this, but with the Holy Spirit, we really are pulling towards one mind, one focus, one, one mission. Um, but yeah, with the idea of having their possessions and things in common, I think sometimes we have to keep in mind the way that they lived and like the setups of their, of their living areas and spaces were just very different in a lot of ways from us. Like think more like apartment building type things. So if you've got a bunch of people that are living in apartments next to each other, it's a lot easier to, to almost have some of those common things and those shared things and, oh, well, the kids are over here with this person today. And so I think some of this is just that idea of yeah, meeting needs as they had it. If it's your need, it's my need. And what can we do? What mm -hmm. do I have to offer that will benefit you? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And let's do some numbers here. Okay. So 3,000 were added to, to, to their number that first day. So you've got a church of about 3,500 people, mm -hmm. right? If you take, I mean, 120 wasn't all the followers. Right. So right. there's 3,500, 4,000 4, mm -hmm. believers. And they're having church. Um, there was no buildings that, that would, so, so for them to, to meet, 
That means that they're meeting in their little homes, as mm -hmm. many as could be in those little homes, that perhaps uh, the disciples are circling in these homes and teaching. Mm -hmm. Perhaps uh, they're, they're writing some things down to share yeah. these. You know, I, that, to me, yeah. the fascinating yeah, part is how logistics. this is going on, the logistics yeah. of this. Yeah. And you know, yeah. may, maybe that's day by day continuing uh, to take their meals together, it's just ideals that the disciples are, you know, it's just not like Sunday or Saturday or, mm -hmm. you know, it's through huh. the week. People are eating and the disciples are making, making their rounds, their rounds and, hmm. and beginning to disciple these people, yeah. uh, you know, because it's, <laughs> they're not at a place, at least as, as I see this logistically, mm -hmm. where they could say, okay, you guys are all believers, find 12 people and begin investing in them. <clears throat> There's no Bible. Right. Yeah. There's, you know, there's the Old Testament. Yeah. There's no New right. Testament. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. that means that this disciple apostles teaching, they're they're having to do this person yeah. to person. Yeah. Sure. And and they can't come into a room even like our room and do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, they're little houses that may, you know, the upper room. You know, I, I kind of imagine a space about like this maybe. Yeah. And mm -hmm. this is yeah. probably bigger than the upper yeah. room. Right. Uh, so maybe they can get fifteen in a place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> huh. Yeah. That is fascinating. Well, and you think that, yeah, I'm sure they're almost just like operating on like those breadcrumbs. It's like, okay, well, somebody from our little group was able to hear Peter teach at some point this week. And so now they're going to just tell us what they mm. heard and we're going to discuss it. And then I feel like it's very much, yeah, word of mouth, spreading it uh -huh. um, small group by small group. Um, which, again, I think just takes that community aspect into it. Like when yeah. you have a, some, a thing growing by 3,000 people, those weren't necessarily 3,000 people spread out equally among the city. Like, I almost feel like this was probably just like that big red mm. blob that is just exploding, taking yeah. over sections of a city more so than individual yeah. spaces. Yeah. Do you think at, uh, at times we we go to the, so we're like, okay, we, we're not going to go to this extreme because cultures and contexts were different. Do you think sometimes we take the opposite approach where we're like, this is so counter to our American culture that we just completely ignore it all. Do you think that's a, a temptation for us? Oh, I think, it, I think we definitely do that. And I, and I think that, um, you know, the, the model of church now is not this. Yeah. The model of church is um, the Greek, uh, you know, lecture. Yeah. And people receive a lecture. Uh, now there's some of that, you know, you see Jesus teaching and preaching and, mm -hmm. and you know, Peter preaches and you see that, um, but almost always, even when Paul is spreading to Gentiles, it's, it's not usually Paul preaches a sermon yeah. and asks for a response. Mm -hmm. Paul has a conversation mm -hmm. and the conversation draws yeah. the response. Right. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm -hmm. everything we do is wrong. Uh, but what I'm saying is that discipleship occurs best in conversation mm -hmm. and it's less effective in the midst of lecture. Yeah. And the church relies more on lecture than conversation. Yeah. yeah, which goes back to our whole thing, right? Like if your only context of the church is Sunday morning when you are being lectured to, mm -hmm. then man, we're missing out on, on so much there. Like. Paul, you're good, but yeah. it's just not enough, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, and people have different ideas of that. You know, I can remember I was talking to a lady one time. I said, well, I, I really don't want to preach at people. And she doesn't know where I was going. Well, I like to get preached at. <laughs> no, you know, nobody wants to get preached no, at. No. And uh, 
Uh, most people don't. <laughs> I mean, there's a place for that. I, sure. I, you know, the, the historically, but let, let's let's traditionally, at least for the last 1,700 years, the church model has been the lecture yeah. model. Yeah. Yeah. The beginning, it's not. Yeah. The beginning, you don't no. see that as much. And with Jesus, it's not. Jesus is more. Uh, he's sitting with the disciples, having conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like we've gone way back in time and adopted almost more of that prophetic type of setting where, I mean, like, because the prophets would come and I mean, and they were preaching at it, bringing the fire. Uh-huh. And, but that's not the model or that's not the way that we always see the disciples and the, um, the early church having those moments together. Like, yeah, Peter preached that sermon on Pentecost and, but that's like, like one of the only sermons that we really have, like, oh, like he was just straight talking. The rest of it is very much that it happens in relationship. These um, people are coming to faith through conversations that they've had and um, ways that their eyes have been opened. But I, I don't. I think it's really interesting when we look at this too. Um, I think sometimes it's hard to say, oh yeah, I really think this is a good idea because I think people around you, like you mentioned socialism, I think sometimes these verses have been almost hijacked by some political ideologies. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when we looked at, at some of the big conflicts between political groups, it's everybody agrees that people's needs need to be met and people need to be taken care of. And then they just disagree on who who should do that. Is it the government's job? Is it is it our job? And so I think sometimes it's hard to sit here and, and try to figure out, okay, well, do I agree with this? Because do my actions match that? Do I need the government to tell me to do this? I think that there's just a lot. I don't know. Do you agree yeah. with that? That there's, I feel like some of these are kind of loaded. Yeah, Especially sure. in our culture. For sure. Well, I think, it, yeah, I mean... I think a lot of it boils down to like why this is why this is happening and who's enforcing it to happen, right? Like this isn't a government who is forcing this way right. of life, right? It's it's people doing it out of response to Jesus. That's right. Um, and so that I mean that's a that's a huge distinction there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, this but, is the uh, yeah. call to generosity versus the enforcement of yeah, for sure. generosity. Yeah, yeah for sure. Toad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the worst, well, and, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think that what you, you're getting to is koinia. Yeah. I, that none of this is programmed. It's this shared purpose that they have, that, yeah. that, that they understand that there's something deeper going on. And, and so I think that's what's driving all this. Yeah, for um, sure. I think back to Jesus' story, and I'm, oh man, I hope I don't butcher it. When he says, like, which of you, like, if you saw your son, like, needing something would give him, like, a snake instead? Like, is, is it's something in there, like, this idea of if you're really living in community with people and you see a need, like, how could you not yeah. respond to right. that? How would that not stir up that compassion, that other really fancy word that starts with an S that, like, means, like, your guts are turning? Splagmitsumai. <laughs> that one. Like, so I think there's a big part of that. If you really are living in this kind of an intense kind of community day in, day out, you are seeing these people, you know, their faces, you know, their stories. Yeah. There is this drive to compassion. If you're really working out your salvation, you're really living out your faith. You couldn't ignore that. You couldn't just walk by and pass on the other side of the road and see them suffering. Yeah. No, no, it's good. So I think that, yeah, that, that all things in common, like that points to that shared purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So. It's not that everybody looked, walked, and talked the same, but it's that it's that shared purpose that they that they all had in common. And even when they had the, the unity or came with one mind, that 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 unity, I think, is more on the koinia aspect. Not that they all 
liked fish and not yeah. beef or, or <laughs> lamb or whatever else they would yeah. eat in that day. And, yeah. You know, uh, everybody has differences, in, but but there's got to be some sort of shared purpose that um, that keeps us together. All right. So let's talk. Let's unpack that a little bit more. Like, what is what is the church's shared focus? Potlucks. Pot. <laughs> when you called them pitch and dinners, it took me for a second that I was like, oh, oh, potlucks. Yeah, okay, got it. Indiana <laughs> I had never heard it either, but I. Sounds yeah. like you're like, oh, lob your food at me. Oh, no. Some of it needed Not to good at catching. <laughs> Especially when you're last in line and all the other. Um, yeah, yeah, if you see a whole thing that nothing's taken from, <laughs> you know, don't be adventurous. Oh, can I, I'll just 100% admit that there was one time where I brought something and something in it was like rancid and it was so bad. And I apologize to anybody who ate it because I tried one bite and I was like, oh, it needed funny. to be pitched. But I've done that. That's, pitched out. <laughs> yeah, no pitching in there. That's Sorry. Okay, refocus. Church's shared focus. Well, it's got to be Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. It's got to be mission. I mean, I think those two big words are, are a, a lot of the shared focus that, um, you know, I, I've heard the phrase, the church is the only entity that exists only for those outside it. And I'm, not, and I'm kind of butchering that. Yeah. I don't think that's completely correct because the church also exists to disciple the people that are part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think if you say, oh, we just exist for others, then you're missing part of the, the purpose of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those two things are important. Yeah. I mean, I just, like, I think it's as simple as Jesus is, the way that G- Jesus boils down all of the law when he says, love God, love others. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking, like, okay, how do, we, <laughs> how do we boil down shared purpose to its bare, like, this and, and just this idea of love God, love others. Um, seems to wrap all of it up together mm-hmm. um I, I was thinking as i was this morning as i was thinking through this i was like well i was thinking of uh micah um is it, is it micah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah love love mercy act justly micah six eight yeah um and i'm like that's that's got to be a, a significant because i mean that's like <laughs> that was in the context of like saying your church services right are like vomit to me <laughs> like i want i want i want justice uh that kind of thing i want mercy um and so i was like okay well so is that it but then i'm like man love god love others like that is all encompassing of that right mm-hmm. if we're loving god and loving others we are um we're we're acting justly we're loving mercy and yeah yeah we were reading in matthew last night with the kids and came across the whole like like learn to understand what this means when I say like I desire mercy not sacrifice like in that there is something in the way that we we practice our faith that it is it's for other people it is reaching other people it is other centered Uh it is not a display of our own righteousness it's not a display of our own abilities and talents and gifts and I feel like that kind of fits in with that too like the church's focus like it's people like that that's god's focus i mean like god cares about people and so yeah. if god cares about people we care about people yeah. and in every aspect there are not some people that are worthy of our care and some people that are not and some people that have earned our attention and that haven't so i think there's a way there yeah. is this idea that our church and our community is for our community hmm. that's good 
Yeah, and I mean, I, then then you have to form questions, I think, mm -hmm. from that. Okay, these are our shared purposes. Um, this is our shared focus. Yeah. Uh, does this activity yeah. further relationship with others, mm -hmm. further relationship with God? Why are we doing that? I mean, yeah. I think then you ask questions about the things you're doing. Because, yeah. uh, you know, you can continue just doing the same things because you've always just done the same things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the worst things churches do is they start ministries without any end date in mind, <laughs> uh, you know, without the ideal that they'll end. And, and so, you know, 10 years down the road, you're still pulling that ministry yeah. down the, the or that program down the road. And it's it's no longer serving its purpose. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, and it's 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 hard to to be intentional and say, OK, well, this this no longer helps us love God. Yeah. Yeah. This no longer helps us love people. This is just something we're just doing. To, do, to be busy yeah right. well and sometimes getting rid of this is so hard i mean it's literally the whole like killing your darlings type of a, a scenario where these these ministries or these things become so precious to us and we are so invested in them but yeah when we realize that it's no longer really aligning it's not furthering our mission it's sometimes there are those hard conversations to say well how could we be using maybe these volunteers better how could we be using this time or this location better yeah. um and I think that's hard. I think sometimes we've maybe swung the other way of the pendulum that we are so excited to just keep trying new things. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we don't stick with sure. them long enough to really see <laughs> right. um, see the fruit from those. And sometimes, I mean, honestly, this last year, I feel like all the things we started, <laughs> they just came to an abrupt halt and we just had no control over that. Right. But like when I think back of our collectives, like I don't feel like we've started those with no end date in mind, but we want to try to get at least a few seasons of these yeah. under our belts to see if this is something that we really feel like is helping us to build this community. Yeah. Right. And if it's not, I don't think any of us are so married to this idea that we wouldn't be happy to try something else. Well, and, and with the collectives, there's enough of a shift in them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not asking anybody to say, hey, I want you to be part of this group for the next three years. Right. Yeah. We're saying six weeks, mm -hmm. yeah. six weeks. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's a, there's a, to me, there's a marriage in the ideal of the collectives between um, commitment, mm -hmm. yet with an understanding that it's not forever. Right. For sure, I like we want that. To give people a taste, a taste of what it's like to be together outside of the sanctuary. Yeah, right. For sure, for sure. Um, Sorry. Well, no, that's okay. I was, I was just kind of thinking through the, the next part of that. What gets in the way of the shared <laughs> focus? Um, and so I'm thinking back through this. Like we, at times, churches have maybe tried to look at Acts two forty two through forty seven, and implement program. You know probably wouldn't call it program but that's what it is um mm -hmm. to to mimic exactly what this looks like yeah. and i think so it, i guess maybe what i what i'm getting at is maybe one of the one of the things that gets in the way of our shared focus can be the programs that we try to accomplish the shared purpose oh, yeah. with does that make sense saying we get in our own way <laughs> yeah so like it's like Man, like, so I want to do this, so yeah. I'm going to do exactly this. Well, their purpose wasn't, their shared purpose wasn't this program. Right. Like, this was their means that they accomplished their shared purpose. And so when we, when we get so, and I think we get, this is danger in just continuing uh, traditions just for the sake of continuing them, where it's, um, the shared purpose isn't the program. The shared purpose isn't the logistics or the blueprint for how we do things, those things are a means by which we accomplish our shared purpose. And so if we're only going back to kind of duplicate 
that ministry or that program, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we're not going far enough. Does that that right. make sense? What yeah, no, saying? I mean, I even think back in terms of as we've reopened and we're trying to figure out when, what it, when it makes sense to re-add certain things. I have had some conversations with people that, I mean, it's boiled down to when will we just go back to the way things were before? And, and I hear that and like I understand that there were so many special parts of the Sunday mornings, but talking just from me specifically, there were also some exhausting parts of, of running a Sunday morning the way that we were before this, where I ha- had zero energy reserve to be a part of something like a collective on a Sunday night. Yeah. Or And so I feel like sometimes there's the trade-off to say, okay, well, we still want to honor and, and have these particular parts, but can we re- revision this, reimagine it? to something where, okay, we've got our Sunday morning, we have our gathering, we have our discipleship time with our kids, but then we also leave our volunteers and our people with enough energy left over to to be a part of something else right. as well. That's good, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and, and programs can get in the way of that. And, and our own perceived notions of, um, I'll give you an example. Why do you read the Bible? You, you read the Bible to see and, and I believe to be able to show Jesus. I mean, I, I, that, to me, that's the purpose of the church, seeing and showing Jesus. Yeah. Uh, we read the Bible for that purpose. How many times have I been in a Bible reading program where the purpose of reading the Bible program is not seeing and showing Jesus, but getting through the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many right, chapters yeah. can I read today? Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything other than I've read a lot of material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the church can do that. We, we can have a lot of activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm that never see or show Jesus. Hmm. And uh, we, we've got to be careful about that. As a matter of fact, I, I think sometimes, I, I think almost every church does more. I, I think the temptation and the risk in, in almost every church is to do more than they should yeah. rather than less. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, that's a good book to read is Tom Rainer's Simple Church. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Simple Church goes back to uh, all, all these things go back to the same principle for the good to great principle that to, to be great at something you, you need to let go of all the things that keep you from yeah. achieving all that you want to achieve and and uh, and so I think that we oftentimes do far too much yeah rather than too little yep well it all looks so good on paper right <laughs> well you're doing something right yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, if I go to a district assembly or talk to a yeah, district right. superintendent, well, I've done this, yeah. this, and this, yeah. mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, we, we stopped a bunch of yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but yeah. then you, you look at the, you know, we're, we're getting ready to go into a series on the, um, the Lord's Prayer for Lent. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus invites us in the Lord's Prayer not to more, but to less. Mm-hmm. He invites us to simplicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in and, and simplicity, well, you know, we've talked about margins. It's in margins that relationships grow. And so if, if we fill people's time with programs and activities, mm-hmm. there's no space yeah. for relationship. Yeah. 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 I had the, <laughs> I had the early, uh, early on as a dad, I had the kind of the, I don't know, epiphany, whatever you want to say it, just like, in a significant amount of churches, like I could film, I could be away from my family almost every day of the week doing good church mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, and like, that, that's just not, that's not healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And so if we're, if we're creating those things with the expectation that you should be here anytime that there's a program going on, 
then yeah, we're we're missing we're missing something. We're putting we're putting the program the blueprint ahead of the uh, the shared purpose. I yeah. watched. Uh, I never watched. Uh, what's the King of the Hill? Was that the mm. cartoon? <laughs> I watched one episode of King of the Hill, and they somebody sat in their pew at church, uh-huh. and they got offended, and so they left that uh-huh. church, uh-huh. and so they went searching for churches, and you know they were at the contemporary church and this church and that church, and they ended up at the at the mega church in town. Uh-huh that they had everything programmed. Every night was something. Yeah. And his name was Hank, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finally, Hank got mad because he couldn't stand on the corner and drink his adult beverages with his buddies because there was always something going on in the church. So they left that church, went back to their other church. But I always think about that. But, you know, the church just kept them so busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't hang out with friends. Yeah. I don't know where we go with that. Just, no, that, that's a... I mean, we want to take a step further. I mean, if we are, <laughs> if we're so programmed to only hanging out with our church people in programs, like when do we have that interaction with with our neighbors? Where's mm-hmm. they ever um, expanding? Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, and and we live in a day. I mean, if people aren't recognized, rec- and I I say it all the time. People will not just come to church yeah. unless there's relationship. Uh, you know, it used to be that, that people would kind of step out of church in their college years and then get married and then they'd start having kids yeah. and they'd think, hey, we need to get the kids back in church. Yeah. That right. is not mm-hmm. happening no. now. And so unless, unless we're in a relationship with people, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're more likely just not going to show up in our, in our sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but they will sit out with you on your back porch. That's they will right. play, yeah, watch your kids play sure. together in the yard. Like, there's so many opportunities that we have to to engage and and let's be honest to have church with people who might not even know that that's what they're doing with us. <laughs> but we are speaking life into them. We are loving them and loving right. their family. But yeah, you're right. We cannot do that if if our entire life is programmed and so tied to the things that are happening in this building. Yeah. And so there's right. definitely the balance there. And that's a shift. I mean, mm-hmm. because when I was a kid, that was that was church. Church was that. Church, yeah. you know, it, you know. I, as a kid, I remember church took a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And pr- it, even mm-hmm. up until For the sure. 70s and 80s, it took a lot of time. But people also saw the church as relevant. And so now we live in this age where people do not, that's outside the church, do not believe the church is relevant. Yeah. And so outside a relationship with somebody, so if you live in the same way and do church in the same way, you're keeping your people from connections with those outside mm-hmm. our, our sphere of influence that really won't understand the relevance and the importance of the church unless they encounter our people. Yeah, yeah no, I've had lots of people that they end up meeting, in effect, all my church friends. And then like, if they've come here, they go, oh, so this is how you guys all know each other. Like, so it's almost like they, they put that piece in last just because they, they kind of just kind of join in it or they're yeah. part of our community. And it's made up of people that we go to church with. But it's not that, oh, you don't have to come here to find these people. Like, we're, we're just together. Yeah. Um, okay, so I feel like we can look at this and we can say, oh, this is so great. This is so beautiful. And then, like, what happened? Because it's not too long after this that we start to see the issues in the church. And, and again, nothing's new under the sun. There's all sorts of stuff. But, like, specifically, we've, we've heard about Ananias and Sapphira, where they pretend like they're going to give all this money for the land, and then they really keep back some. Which, again, like we said, there was, there was no mandate that you had to give your stuff. Um, they were just dishonest about that. They've got the Grecian widows not being taken care of, persecution. So 
even in the midst of, of the way that they were doing their fellowship, like life wasn't easy and pretty. This did not usher in this golden age. Um, so I don't know. Do you think it was easier or harder for them to keep this going as as maybe the pressures were building up around them? I think as the, as the pressure built, I think they're, they were naturally doing the ever deepening. Yeah. And, and I think the community was becoming closed, uh, at least close to the full gambit of the call of God. The call of God was to Gentiles and Samaria and to the ends yeah. of the earth. And they were becoming um, focused on that little Jewish right. Christian community. Yeah. And I, I think from that perspective, the shared focus became themselves mm-hmm. until yeah. they started having the conflict. So, so conflict, <laughs> um, difficulties can move us outside ourselves if we allow it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's some, this season is probably then when we would see a lot more of like the Judaism kind of working its way and morphing itself into like them trying to do kind of both at the same time and saying that that's really what it looked like. Because, yeah, I agree. As you kind of focus inward, you're going to have less of those interactions with people outside of your of your group and every interaction. And um, it is, in effect, a risk. And I know that I'm sure there were plenty of them that were willing to take that risk. They saw somebody that needed the community that they could offer, needed Jesus. And at times, I'm sure that was to their peril. Um, but I feel like there was probably yeah, that tension between, okay, we have to maintain this, we have to protect this, but also that there are still people that are lost and in need of this. That's good. I, I like what you just said there, Paul, the, uh, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but basically in conflict, we can, um, like it kind of moves us forward. I, I'm just thinking like, um, in this, in, in, in acts, um, there was, there was a lot of conflict and I, I appreciate that you kind of pointed out mm-hmm. some of those in, in your sermon that, uh, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. And as, wrong decisions. As, yeah, for sure, wrong for sure, decisions. for sure. And so, man, one of my favorite stories in uh, in all of Scripture is just is the progression of Peter um, through his very, you know, like, um, it, the gospel is for this group of people, but then, like, mm-hmm. as he grows, like, and there's conflict and, like, significant conflict, but that kind of propels him to this, bigger and wider understanding of the gospel and so may i'm well and peter's so fascinating because he's the one that when jesus is on the boat he says get away from me i'm a sinner Mm -hmm. in other words even when he's even when he's pre-believer yeah he has this really restrictive view of who belongs sure it doesn't include him and then jesus includes him and he's, he hangs on to that restrictive view uh, yeah. of who belongs interesting. Until, until God opens up his mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic story. There's lots of, uh, lots of rabbit holes that go down there. But what I'm thinking, the question here was, is, is it easier or harder to maintain koinonia during hard times? How do we keep that focus? I'm just thinking of, like, in the midst of the past year, it's been a really difficult time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, things have been revealed. Different viewpoints have been revealed. Different values for different people have been revealed. And I'm wondering, maybe the challenge is, how can we redeem that? And when we are able to, I don't know, get through the differences 
the different viewpoints, the different values, is that actually can that actually help us to kind of refocus to our actual shared purpose? And even as I say that, like that sounds really idealistic, <laughs> and I don't know how to get there. But I, I can't help but wonder, like, is this is is this are difficult times a way where we can kind of refocus on shared purpose? But man, I, I'm just I'm I'm thinking through the the, uh, the practicality of this. Like that requires such a like a significant amount of work to be able to kind of work through those other differences that we actually have in order to get Do you have there. to work through all those differences? I don't think you have to, and I guess it depends on what we mean by work through. If, if we mean do we have to end up with the same mind in all of right. them, then no, I don't think so. Yeah. But we do have to work through how do we focus on the shared purpose in spite of um, other see, differences. See, I think you get to the real definition of love um, when, when there's differences. When everybody thinks the same, has the same values, it's easy to love yeah. and get along. Sure. But when our, our values are not always the same, that's when you get to the real hard work of love. Yeah. Um, and, and I think from, from that perspective, if, okay, the shared focus is we, we, we're going to love each other. Uh, when, when you have conflict, when you have differences of opinions, when you have, you know, and this has been a year of that. Uh, when those things exist, if we can still love, and that's not that just emotional, hey, I feel great yeah, about you, right. but that I'm going to care for you, and yeah. I'm going to and I'm going to do the things I need to do to demonstrate my mm -hmm. love. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to move on. Blah, blah. All those things. When you're willing to do those things of self-giving, in the midst of that, I think that defines what true love is. And then I think that's the importance of you know when they're in the the temple and they're they're doing whatever they're doing. You know, they're seeing a group of people that live like that with each other. And in their community, they recognize, wait a minute, that guy's a tax collector, and that guy was a, a fisherman, and that one was a farmer, and, and that was a zealot, and that, yeah. that person was right. a Pharisee. And, and, and yet, you know, they're, they're, they, they're loving each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there's some real, huh. real significant things that can happen in the midst of that yeah. if we allow it to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make That's any kind of, sense? Yeah, for sure. And I think that that kind of segues into this this Sunday's um, sermon as well, kind of those those differences and yeah. whatnot. So, no, I think um, some of that also comes from the, the humility to recognize that the way that you see something or feel about something might not be the capital R right yeah. way. And I don't mean that like political right or left, but like, <laughs> the, the, like I don't yeah. hold the, the corner on yeah. the right perspective, That's the right. right way to approach this, the right way to see this. And because I think that when you do anything different feels like an attack on mm -hmm. what you right. hold to be correct. And so I think that there's a way to have, have one mind, have, have a shared purpose but have different perspectives on how to accomplish that. And I think allowing each other to, to speak freely and to share those ideas mm. without it being, oh, I need to make you agree with me. Yeah. And if you don't, yeah. then I don't know what to do with this and I pro we probably just shouldn't talk to each other anymore mm. because we don't agree on this. I think we need to learn to be more mature in our discussions, which truthfully is not something that I see that is often modeled for us. I mean, I, I can't yep. think of the last time I saw <laughs> a really, valuable like debate or, or exchange of ideas happening where both parties said like this we really want 
good for everybody. We just disagree on how, what that looks like or how to accomplish that. And I think so many of the, the arguments and things that have happened, especially over the last year, have, have really boiled down to it at, at its core. That there's just a, a disagreement in how to bring about good and, and for who and in what yeah. situation. Um, so and, and a lot of that's been really sad because I think there have been relationships that in some ways almost look like they've been irreparably damaged mm-hmm. by things that have happened recently. But yeah, I think if we're going to walk as people of God, we have to, we have to kind of say like, there's nothing beyond redemption. Right. There's nothing that is outside of, of restoration, but that's going to require a lot from yeah. us. Right. And, and that intentional, like, I'm not going to let you burn this relationship to the ground. Like I'm going to, if you need space, you can have space, but, but I love you. And that goes beyond just liking you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. right. I really love you and I value you. Yeah. That's and good. we can't, we cannot in the church, and see, this is the problem. We live in an angry culture, yeah. a divisive culture. Um, I personally, I, I, I believe social media is a blight. I do. I think, I think it's a blight, and I think it's, it's creating this atmosphere of anger yeah. and just saying mean, hurtful things. The church has to be above that. Yeah. Not that we agree on everything, but we don't disagree in the way everybody else disagrees. Mm-hmm. We disagree in a different way. It's it's um, uh, Dan Boone has the books charitable Con- conversations. Charitable we, we have charitable conversations, yeah. you know, and, and we may come out of those conversations and say, well, you know, I I just can't yeah. believe like that. Yeah. I, I think that's the wrong direction, but we still love each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's not our culture. And, no. and but the church, you know, that's one of those things that the focus of the church and the culture of the church, we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be different. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And unfortunately, too many churches just fall in the trap of, well, if you don't think like us, go somewhere else because they'll think like you somewhere else. Yeah. And, and we, we don't do well with uh, different viewpoints in our church. Yeah, that's good. And I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know work. the But but yeah, it's it's work. But I think in the end, it's worth it. For yeah. sure, for sure. No, and realistically, I'm sure every one of us sitting at this table is working through <laughs> the relationships and disagreements and things yeah. that have crept up. Yeah. That and yeah, that we're we're very much walking through that too, mm-hmm. and and working towards health and healing, um, because that's what we're called to. Yeah, it's good. For sure. So. Um, so it's kind of, I feel like we're probably getting to the end here, bringing this around to, to our kids and our teens. Um, what do you think, like as far as in families, kids, is shared purpose easier or harder? <laughs> You're thinking about your family. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's <laughs> a good question. Maybe, maybe as my kids are still quite young, maybe it's a little bit easier to have mm-hmm. shared purpose because, you know, it's kind of a, we get to we get to set yeah. the purpose. Uh, Chelsea and I get to set the purpose. Um, there's not a there's not a whole lot of that critical independent thinking <laughs> from my kids that are you know trying right. to figure out what their purpose is. And yeah. so, um, but I would imagine as um, as I progress in this in this phase um, that, that that would be that would be more difficult. Um, but man, I I just think of because of that like how significant our role is um, as parents, as a youth pastor, uh, as a church, uh, in just helping helping our kids and our teens 
figure out what that shared purpose is. Yeah. How do we model what that shared purpose is? Um, because like we've said, like the truth is, is there's not, there's not a whole lot of good models out there mm -hmm. in how we do this. Um, even the church has not always been a great model in how we, how we do this. And so I'm just thinking through the implications. And again, I have no idea what the answer is, <laughs> but the implications are um, of, you know, setting that shared purpose. Um, man, I don't know. It's, it's a tall order for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Paul, you're, you're very experienced on this. So yeah. if you could just give us the answer. You've prepared it a lot longer than us. The question <laughs> is probably a bad question. You know, the shared purpose, excuse me, is not the point. The, the, I think there's things that you, you add to your kid's life that allow them to hear other people better. I mean, I think you teach your kids listening skills. Yeah. Um, I think you teach your kids um, the value of simplicity, yeah. the value of not overcommitting, yeah. uh, the value of setting right priorities. Um, I, I think those are the things that get in the way of having a shared purpose in the church and, and, and having relationships that matter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when mom and dad are so busy that they never um, spend any time together, uh, that becomes the norm. Uh, you know, I, I think probably just to be real vulnerable, probably we worked more than we should have. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, but that's kind of how Terry and I are, are built. And I see with, you know, the boys that they kind of reject some of that. You know, they're, they're, but that's that yeah. generation too. It's yeah, not, it's sure. not as driven as my generation sure. was. Mm -hmm. Not that we didn't spend time with them, we did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but I think you can, you can model that stuff with the realization that what you model, they may reject it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I think with our kids, um, I don't know. It is, it's easy to right now, yeah, have like those those family values, those things listed on the wall. These things like these are just ways that we live our lives. But yeah, there is that like unknown and okay. Yeah. Well, at what point do you like? These are Ryan and my ideas for our yeah. family values. But what point do our kids then adopt those as well? And like they work with us towards building that and yeah. um, keeping that focus. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Can I just? I just wanted to. This is kind of off of that, but I just the uh, you kind of ended with this phrase, and it, it's in your initial notes. What if God's move was less dependent on our abilities and more dependent on our mutual connections to each other and God? And you kind of expanded that a little bit as you were preaching that. I don't know if you remember, but yeah. um, what if God's move was less dependent on you being a better preacher? on us singing better songs, on us having a better youth ministry, a kid's ministry? What if God's move was less dependent on our, our abilities and more dependent on our mutual connections to each other and God or our love for one another? And I thought that was an extremely profound thought um, that, uh, that really has the potential to kind of uh, propel us forward to what we, what we want to accomplish. Anyway, I, I, think there's a, there. I think there's truth in that. I didn't just preach that. You mean what you I mean, mean what you I say? Mean, I, think, I think that there's salvations. I, yeah. I mean, just to use that word that's there. Yeah. People were mm -hmm. being saved. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I truly believe most of us, you know, I'm going to make it to heaven. I, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. you say, right. yeah, you know, I feel like I'm going to make yeah. it. Really um, there. But it's not about yeah. me right. making it. It's mm -hmm. about the ones I love making yeah. it and the people that God loves yeah. making it. Yeah. And so sometimes we make these commitments not because uh, all of a sudden I'm going to end up, you know, 
failing to, to, to make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> but we make these commitments because we value people like God values people. Mm-hmm. And we see the great purpose and the great meaning of the church and how the church lived with that shared purpose can really reach a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. And we also want to invite them into what God's doing here and yeah. now, right? Like right. not just, yeah, it's yeah, just I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make it to heaven and I want you to as well. It's like I'm actively participating in the kingdom of God here and I want you to be a yeah. part of that. Yeah. Good. I feel like and we gather and oftentimes I feel like we're getting challenged and encouraged to to continue to live out our faith and like the whole idea of like spurring one another on to good deeds like sometimes this is just kind of like that refueling station to to give you that that extra push you need as you go back out into the people and the community that you encounter throughout the week yeah it's good good all right all hearts cleared yes clear all right i'll go ahead and pray for us right. lord thank you so much for uh, for today for this chance to just look at um what the church looked like at the beginning lord and to just discuss what parts of that we can we can implement we can be fostering in our current community lord i pray that you would give us um give us eyes to see the needs around us lord spur us on towards meeting those needs as part of this community lord if we are feeling like we are struggling to find our place to connect lord i pray that you would um draw us together make those connections happen lord so that we can all experience the the joy that is really part of being in this growing community that is also forming these deep deep um, connections lord i pray that um, our conversations will just be the starting point to other conversations or that will continue to grow throughout our church as to how do we really um, how do we really meet the needs of our community for these types of relationships We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. See you.